Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place Carrollwood. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Hey, good to see y'all. It's pretty much a family meeting. I'd say so, uh, uh, a little family meeting here. So I'm going to speak to you in that way, right? Um, So a few weeks ago, we were kind of coming closer to the date. And I was like, all right, Lord, you know, what? What should I share about? And I kept feeling that he was saying the age to come. I was like, well, all right, that's a, that's a pretty broad topic. And in the midst of that, a conversation came up with Edwin. And uh, Edwin, Edwin said, hey, man, God's telling me I'm a king. And I've, he came up to Rachel, and he shared that. And then Rachel said, Jake, you need, to, uh, you need to go talk to Jake about this. And so we got dinner that Friday, and we had this, like, really awesome conversation. And coming out of that conversation, it was, like, super clear what, what I needed to talk about, right? So um, I'm finding this more and more. The devil knows who you are. The Father knows who you are. Angels know who you are. But you don't know who you are, <laughs> right? And because, because there's been a deficiency in our identity, the enemy has been able to dupe us for way too many generations. But what's happening is that the Lord is quickening a generation that will walk in the fullness of their identity. Okay? And so, so I need to tell you a story of my personal journey of discovering who God's called me to be. But now here's the encouraging thing. While this may be a story about me in the beginning, it's actually a story about all of us, right? So uh, what happened for me is that I was raised in a Christian home. I was raised in a Christian school. I knew the word really, really well. In fact, when I was like running from the Lord, uh, I remember there was a spring break. I was in Panama City, and I was like super drunk on the beach. And these guys came up to evangelize me and my friends. And I, I just like, I just said, I probably know more of the Bible than you do. So just leave me be, buddy. And, I, and I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to be a jerk, but I had just seen so much hypocrisy that that's not why I was on that beach that day. I had made my decision because I'm an all-in kind of guy. And the problem is, is that most of the representations of Christ in my life, they weren't all-in, man. They were these mixed, muddy waters. I saw people that professed one thing with their mouth but they did another thing with their actions. And, and, you know, my parents, man, bless my parents. I love my parents. They set a really good example. But there was still this disconnect. You know, I'm sitting here, I'm like hearing these stories from the time that I was a kid about miracles, about these mighty exploits of the forefathers. And then people would say things like, but we're in a new covenant. It's an even greater covenant. And I'm like, well, what's missing? Why am I not seeing these things today? And so in that, in that, desire, that desire in my heart was like, 
you know, I want the real deal. And in the absence of seeing it displayed, I chose another path, right? And that path, well, you know, it didn't lead me anywhere good. But fortunately, the Lord met me in that place. I had a very supernatural encounter. And I, and I just said, God, I want to be yours, but like I am, I am so addicted to the things that I'm doing. I don't know how to be sober for more than like a few weeks on hand. If you want me and you really are real, I want to know you in the way that the men and women I've read about my whole life. Like I want to know you in that way. So if you can come and if you can encounter me like that, then I want everything you have for me. But I am not going to go to the ends of the earth because I've read about you in a book. I want to know you. And if I can know you, then I'll believe the words in this book and I'll go to the ends of the earth wherever you may call me. So what happens, long story short, I'm not here to tell the testimony, but, but, but God met me in that place and he wrecked my world in the best way possible. And I had this incredibly supernatural encounter that honestly kind of freaked me out. But it freaked me out in a good way because I knew he was the God that I'd read about. And so now I'm sitting here and I'm like, what about healing? What about prophesying? What about the fivefold? What about all these things? Where is that in the earth? And it started this journey of beginning to walk with the Lord and discovering what I was always designed to be. So, you know, uh, I got this little verse. It's one, it's, it's, if I could... If I'd say I have a life verse, I'd say it's this one. Proverbs 25, 2. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search the matter out. You know, Jesus said, uh, the disciples were like, why are you speaking to everybody in parables? And he said, it's, it's not for them to know, but to you, you've been given the mysteries of the kingdom. Jesus speaks cryptically at times because he's actually inviting you to relationally connect with him so that he might share you with you the things that, that, that you really want to know. But he's not looking for surface level relationship. He's not looking for half-heartedness. He wants to share the secrets in his heart to those that are ready to run with him. Right? And so what I'm about to share with you is a secret that he's unfolded that's not meant to be a secret anymore. And I get to share it with you guys, and I'm really excited about that. It's a pearl, right? So there's so much that we could say about the topic at hand today, but I, I just want to lay a foundation for us. That's really, that's the aim. I want to get us thinking, you know, uh, 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 here, let me read. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. See, we have a way of getting so fixated in our day-to-day -day that we forget that there's a greater reality at hand. There's something greater that lays in front of us, right? And so what I want to do today is just be a part of what the Lord is doing in this body. And I want to paint a picture of who we really are and what we're really destined for, okay? Because you may have good things in your life right now, but it is nothing compared to the goodness that God has in store, to the glory that he wants to release on your life, through you, and on the earth. Okay, so, so I got to tell you a story, though. I got to tell you a couple more stories, and I'm a storyteller, so that's okay. So, so what happened is after I got saved, I was living in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and because I had been arrested four times in four years, I did not have my driver's license from 17 to 20. 
and, uh, you know, I rode my bike everywhere. And I was managing a Taco Bell, and in that time frame, I just was like, God was just, my friends didn't know what to do with me. One day I was selling weed, and then the next day I'm like, dude, uh, uh, Jesus. And they were like, what? That's all I could say to him, Jesus. And in that time frame, I began to have these encounters with the Lord that were really profound, and they, they, I didn't realize how much they would impact my journey with him. And so, uh, you know, eventually I moved home to Georgia for a season, back home to my hometown, and I lived with my parents for about eight months. And in that time frame, I was the janitor at the school I grew up in. And, and uh, so I would be cleaning the toilets every day, and I'd be vacuuming, I'd be doing all these things. And I began to hear this voice in my head that didn't feel like my own thoughts. And I was like, huh, like, I wonder if this is the voice of God. And so I came to this point, I kept asking all these pastors around me, and they're like, brother, it's the word, that's how you hear God. And I'm like, look, look, I know, I know, I can read the word, and that's God's voice. But like, I'm hearing a voice in my head. I felt crazy. So I came to this conclusion, and I'd just start following the voice. And if it was God, I'd see the fruit of the kingdom in it. And if it wasn't, I'd equally see the fruit of whatever it was, and I wouldn't pursue it anymore. So would you believe it? I'm, I'm vacuuming one day, and the secretary at the school is, like, talking about how her arm is, like, really hurting. And what happened is that the secretary was uh, the former pastor of the church that was associated with our, with our school, with our Christian school. She was uh, the, the, the ex-wife of that former pastor. And something happened. I, I don't really know the whole story, but he ended up just leaving overnight. Just totally left. I mean, he was a pillar in our community, and it really shocked everyone. It's part of that hypocrisy I was telling you about. And so she had just been kind of left in shambles to take care of their daughter and things like that. And she's telling, she's talking about how this pain is in her shoulder. And so I go, and I, I said, Betsy, can I just pray for you? She said, yeah. So I prayed, I prayed for her, and would you believe it? She almost got completely healed. Like, like, like she said on a scale of 10, 1 to 10, it was like a 7, and it went to like a 1. And she just started crying, and she said, you know, Jake, I know God loves me, but today this was just a kiss from heaven that I needed. And, 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 and so I saw the fruit, because see what happened is I prayed for her, and nothing happened the first time I prayed. And I walked off, and I continued to vacuum. But then I heard the voice that I was telling y'all about. I heard the voice and it said, go and pray for her again. And I was like, all right. So I went back and said, Betsy, I know, I know. Just hear me out. Can I pray? Can I pray one more time? She said, yeah, pray. And that's when she got healed. And that's when, well, that's when that happened. So I said, okay, so maybe this voice is God. Maybe this voice is God. And so I'm, I'm mowing the lawn one day, right? This is like maybe a week later. And I hear the voice again. And the voice says something really uncomfortable. I see how you were talking about uh, humility. Thank you. You were talking about humility. Well, at that time, my definition of humility wasn't in line with heaven's humility. And so my false narrative of humility was really challenged when I heard this. And I, and I, heard, I heard the Holy Spirit say, Jake, you're a king. And I want you to know what that means. And like that whole week, y'all, like, that's all I could hear. Jake, you're a king. And I want you to know what that means. I was like, and I'm like, who am I, Lord? 
that, that's not fair. That's just, that's just my own heart, you know, wick, that's my wicked heart, whatever. And what happened is that the little church I was going to, at the time I, I, met, this, uh, I met this young man, and, and we just, we were drawn to each other in the spirit. So we exchanged numbers, and we're talking a few days after we met at a small group, and on the phone, we just really hit it off. And we just, we just started talking about things of heaven. It was really cool. And he, and he just stops, and he's like, Jake, I, I need to tell you something I'm afraid to tell anyone. And I'm thinking he's going to, like, open up about some sin he's dealing with or something like that. And he, he said, Jake, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you this. He said, God's been telling me I'm a king, and I don't know what to do with it. And I said, well... Dude, he's been telling me I'm a king, and I don't know what to do with it either. And so it started us on this journey where I was like, well, we should probably go to the Word. And so I started doing all this research, and I started finding things about the kingly anointing. See, in the Old Testament, you know, prophets would come, and they'd come with a horn of oil, and they'd pour it over the, the one that the Lord had anointed in the Spirit to be king. Like, like Samuel came to David, and he came to Saul, and he poured a horn of oil he said, the Lord's called you to be a king. And you see in both of their lives a, a distinct change. They became something greater than they had been before. Right? So, so now let's get into some scripture. I probably took a little more time telling that story, but it's, it's good to lay a foundation. So, so before we start talking anymore about not just me being a king, about all of you being kings. Because that's actually your destiny. And it's not something you're just supposed to partake in in the age to come. It's actually something that you're, you're supposed to begin to eat the fr first fruits of that now. And we're going to talk about that. I'm going to show you in the scriptures where it is. Okay? So, but first, before we go any further, we got to lay a foundation. We have to understand something. That Jesus is the king of what? Kings. kings. Now, is that earthly kings? Absolutely. But it's also heavenly kings. And see, the earthly kings of today aren't the kings of tomorrow. They ain't going to live forever. But you and I are. We inherit the earth. The what? The meek inherit the earth. Not the unrighteous. Okay? So, so... Isaiah 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in the dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest. As men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders. The rod of their oppressors as at the battle of Midian. For every boot of the booted warrior is in the battle of tumult, and a cloak rolled in blood will be for burning, fuel for fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. I want y'all put a bookmark in that. The government will rest upon his shoulders. We're going to come back to that in a little bit. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his, uh, to his government or of his peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom. 
to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Daniel 7, 14. See, these are, these are prophetic visions that men of old were getting about Jesus, about the Messiah. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the people's nations and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Now look, guys, I know we all know he's a king. But Vince Lombardi, at the beginning of every season, a great football coach, right? He'd, he'd look at all these men that had played football their whole life, and he'd, he'd hold it up, he'd hold a football up, and he'd say, Gentlemen, this is a football. See, we've got to lay a good foundation, because if we lay a good foundation that's strong and sturdy, it can handle the revelation that the Lord wants to put on us. And see, no one really talks about this outside of maybe a couple remnant churches and movements, but no one talks about this. And so the lack of identity and the lack of exposure to this revelation has left us in this place where we think that we're we're a lowly worm. I'm just a sinner. Oh, I'm a slave to sin, but I'm not. Okay, and forgive me. Look, the anointing comes on me and I yell. But, but here's the thing. You're not. That is what you were. But that's not your forever. And the sin nature may still try to affect you, but it's not yours to own anymore. You've been given something better. Okay? And my yelling is not so much at you. It's at the religious spirit that's dominated the age within the church. Okay? So, know that, all right? Ah, Okay, so point number one, Jesus is the King of Kings. He is the unique and only begotten Son, but you now, He's the firstborn of many sons to come. So you are actually called to walk in His image, but you're not left alone to do it in your own strength. He actually has given you His Spirit so that you might be fashioned and molded into his image. So as he is a king, so now are you. And now here, ladies, I'm not going to use the word queen. And here's why. Because you're sons of God, you're kings. And uh, for men, you're daughters of Zion. Be okay with it. Because in the kingdom, guess what? There's no gender. That's what, I, I'm just telling you these verses. Okay, anyways. So, um, that's in Galatians, by the way. So, that could, that could go down so many things, yeah. Anyways, y'all know what I'm saying. All right, so Jesus has called us to be kings. So, well, where is that, right? So I've got probably like 20 scriptures, and we're definitely not going to be able to read all of them in this time frame, but I am going to cherry pick a couple. So one that's really crucial. In Revelation, at the beginning of Revelation, John is visited by an angel, but he's also visited by the Lord. Um, and And so... Uh, uh, he's given a message from the Lord to, to the different churches throughout Europe in that time. And so uh, to one, to, at the end of each of those passages, he's like he's admonishing good things that he's seeing, the Lord is. And then he's calling out junk he wants them to cut out. And then he's saying, and, and he says, look, to he who has an ear to hear, let him hear now what the Spirit is saying to the churches but he also lays out rewards at the end of those letters. And so I want to read one to you. 
Revelation 3.21, this is in the Amplified Classic. He who overcomes is victorious. I will grant him to sit beside me on my throne as I myself overcame and was victorious and sat down beside my father on his throne. So right there we have an invitation that Jesus has actually designed us to sit in a governmental position of authority upon his throne if we will continue to be victorious throughout this life. Well, how do we do that, y'all? It's just, dude, it's just listening and being obedient. It's not complicated. It's not complicated. Religion makes it something that we have to strive for. It's not. You listen to the voice. You cultivate an ear in a safe environment hmm, right here. And you learn to hear the Holy Spirit, and then you just do what the Holy Spirit tells you to. You won't miss the mark. He's easy to please. The Lord said he's easy to please. He's not going to make it hard for you to be obedient and to be victorious. But you have to listen, and you have to respond. Uh, David, you said it. you got to come out of the comfort zone, man. He's always going to bring you out of the comfort zone. And you just got to be okay with it. And you can go kicking and screaming, and he will pull you that way, or you can go willingly. And I've done both, and I just, at this point, I'd rather just go willingly, right? So, okay, that's, that's, a, little, that's a little side note right there. Okay, so, so, so Revelation 5, 9 through 10, and they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men from every tribe and every tongue and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. So speaking of Jesus, broke the seal, but he purchased for us the ability to step back into our original design, which was to actually rule the earth with God. That's the first thing he told Adam and Eve. Be fruitful, multiply, and take dominion over every creeping, crawling thing, every little thing that's on the earth, right? So, <clears throat> um, I'm going to read it just a few more. Revelation 22, 5 in the Passion Translation. Night will be no more. They will never need the light or the sun or a lamp because the Lord will shine on them and they will reign as kings forever and ever. Whew, okay. Um, 2 Timothy 2.12, if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Revelation 26, Amplified. Blessed and holy is the person who takes part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power or authority. But they will be priests of God and Christ and they will reign with him a thousand years. Daniel 7, 9. Daniel sees the ancient of days. Right? And this is what he says. This is, he says, I kept looking until thrones were set up. Not just one, but thrones were set up. Who do you think that's for? I mean, y'all know this is what we're talking about, right? But it's for us. And the Ancient of Days took his seat. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was flames of fire. Its wheels were burning. 
Uh, I'm gonna, I, I am going to read all these verses, in this, at least in this little section. Uh, Daniel 7, 27. Then the sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole earth will be given to the people of the saints of the highest ones. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions will serve and obey him. Revelation 1, 5 through 6, New King James Version. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn, firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us and our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Man. Okay, so now... No one can come up and argue to me that we're not supposed to be kings because we see it. Like, I mean, I, how many, that was eight verses at least. You know, in the Old Testament, right, under Levitical law, it was the testimony of two or three witnesses that would validate a, stat, uh, a fact, right? And so when we're looking at Scripture, we want to find at least two or three places we can find a consistent theme to validate that it's not just cherry-picking, but it's actually a core central theme woven throughout the Scripture. So... Uh, so, all right, number one, point number one, we've got six points. Point number one, Jesus is the king of kings. He is a unique king, distinctly different, but we are called to be cut out in his image. So we're actually kings as well. That's point number two. Point number three, you are co-seated. You're co-heirs and you are co-rulers with Christ. See, here's the thing. Um, you know, there's this dumb argument, and it's dumb, and I'm just going to say it like it is. People are like, well, is the kingdom here now or is it there in the future? And they just get into these like super theological arguments. And I, it's just, it's a waste of time, man. It's here and it's not here in its fullness. Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And then he said up until this point, I'm, uh, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. Up until this point of John the Baptist that men of great violence seized it and thrust it upon the earth. So that's a really poor translation. I'm pretty sure the passion does it really good. Men of great passion seized the reality of the kingdom and they brought it to the earth. Let me put it that way, right? So, 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 um, you know, whew. All, right. all of you guys coming up and prophesying today, all the words connected to this somehow, and it was really encouraging just hearing it. So uh, in Romans 8, 16 through 19, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And if indeed we suffer, I'm going to read all of it. I'm not going to cherry pick these and leave out the things that are uncomfortable. If indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Right? So, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. I didn't put this in my notes, but I, I do think it should be mentioned. Um, in the beginning of Revelation, it says, This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which was given unto him. Meaning that Jesus, as a man on the earth, had to be given the revelation that he was the Son of God. He had to be, look, just like you have to be given a revelation of who you are in Jesus, so did Jesus as a man on the earth. That's why he came and he showed us the path. He showed us the way to walk. 
He didn't, he didn't he, look, he's a shepherd. He's leading us, right? So, okay, so that word, though, for uh, uh, unveiling is apocalypsis. And it's the same word that's used right here in Romans 8, verse 19. Um, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the revealing. That's that word, apocalypsis. Apocalypse is not a bad thing, y'all. It's a good thing. It's the decay of the systems of the enemy and the unveiling of the final and eternal kingdom. Look, 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 look. Nah, I'm not going to go there. All right, we're going to keep going. Okay, so, all right, the last thing I want to point out in this, this, this third point that we're co-seated, we're co-heirs, we're co-rulers, is, uh, <clears throat> look, Colossians 1, 18, New American Standard. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead. So that he himself will come to have first place in everything. So, uh, again, foundational stuff. But Jesus is the head. We're the body. And there are so many more verses, but I'm not going to sit there. We don't, need to, we don't need to go over that. But I want to point something out. You remember earlier, this is going to segue into our fourth point. You remember earlier when I was reading Isaiah 9 and it said, A child has been born to us. What's the next thing it says? And the government will rest upon what? His shoulders. So if this is the head, what is the neck below? It's the body. And who's the body of Christ? You are. I am. And where is that government resting? Upon his shoulders. See, the next thing about understanding that you are not only uh, uh, kings with Jesus is that God is actually preparing you for governmental authority over the nations. And here's the cool thing is you don't have to wait until, until the fullness of the age to come is here. You can actually begin to taste the fruits of the age to come. That's why I read that verse at the beginning. Paul said, look to heaven. Look to things above. See, here's the cool thing. You, it is not holier to be more spiritual or to be more earthly. You are equally a body, physical body, as much as you are a spirit and a soul. You were designed to have a foot in the spirit realm and a foot in the earth. That was always how it was supposed to be. Okay, and so, so we've got to like, we've got we've to get this yoke off of us. Dude, there are seasons where I fast and pray and I groan on the floor. The Holy Spirit comes on me and I read the word every day and, and like I pray for hours on end. And then there are seasons, bro, I might read a verse a day, but I'm about my father's business. And there's not shame on me because I know I'm doing what the Lord has called me to. So there's some seasons where I'm more in the spirit and there are other seasons where I'm more doing something on the earth. And that's okay, man. You gotta see heaven if you're gonna bring it to earth. 
It can't be something that's abstract or far away. How, how the heck could an, a, 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 a contractor build something that an architect hasn't shown him what to build? We got to go into heaven. We got, we got to get blueprints for what the Lord wants to do through us. Because see, here's the thing. As much as he is going to release the kingdom of heaven through us as a corporate body, he is going to do it on an individual basis. And you've got to understand that you are inheriting the earth and that you have responsibility to steward the earth well now. See, there's this thought. That, well, okay, I'm not going to go there. Okay, so... so there is an erroneous thought process that it doesn't matter what we do right now because God's going to throw, he's going to roll it like, you know, you know the verses. He's going to roll up all the heavens and the earth. He's going to make everything new. He is, y'all. He is. But he's going to prove that he's a better ruler than the devil before he does that. And he's going to do it with his people. Because see, Satan at the beginning, he made this arrogant proclamation he said, I'll be seated. I didn't have this in my notes. Otherwise, I'd have the verse. I think it's in Ezekiel. But he said, I'll seat myself above the highest throne. He said, I, I can do it better than you, God. And God said, all right. I'm a, well, I'm going to make a new creation. I'm going to put them on the earth. And I'm going to give them dominion over you. And I'm going to let them choose you or me. Now, unfortunately, our ancestors were deceived. They made a mistake and they, they believed the enemy. But good thing Jesus came and he became one of us. And he restored us back to the original design. And so now we have an opportunity. We're back in the garden. We can choose to believe the lies of the enemy or we can begin to walk with the Father. And we can get back on track and we can start bringing. See, here's the thing. If Adam and Eve, if Adam and Eve had never eaten of that fruit, they would have, the, the borders of, of the garden would have had to expand. Because they, like, they kept having children. At some point, those, that, those parameters couldn't have hold, held them anymore. They would have had to take dominion. Right? And so we're just, look, Jesus is the garden. He's restored us back to himself. And now it's time for us to begin to step into that responsibility again of taking on the original design of the Father. Which is to be stewards of the earth. To be kings of the earth. To take dominion. To, to celebrate our Father and to celebrate the joy He's bestowed upon us and to release that into every facet of society. Okay, so let me give some verses to that. So we are His body and the government will rest upon His shoulders, right? So uh, 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 blessed are the gentle, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Um, in 1 Corinthians, Paul is having to address something here. Oh, man, it's 1250. Oh, jeez. I've, I've, I think I've got the core. Let me, can I, just give me a few more minutes, okay? Sorry, man, I wouldn't, blew past me. In 1 Corinthians, Paul is like, look, you guys are bickering amongst each other and you're going to earthly judges. And this is what he says to them. He says, if any of you has a dispute with another, do you dare take it before the ungodly for judgment instead of before the Lord's people? Or do you not know that the Lord's people will judge the world? And if you were to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things in this life? Man. Okay, 
So, real quick, Jesus Christ is king of all. You were designed to be a king under the king of kings. Third, you're co-seated with him. You're co-heirs with him. You have been brought into union with him. Fourth, you are being prepared for responsibility that will be bestowed upon you right now, but in a greater form in the age to come. Uh, four, uh, five. Just let me hit this real quick, man. I'm sorry, y'all. There, there's, I wanted to uh, get a little bit more. But look, the weight of that, I've already kind of hit this, but the weight of that responsibility has to start sinking into us now. There's a parable. I'm going to summarize it. I did plan to read all of it. But uh, there was a prince, and he called 10 of his servants, and he gave each one of them $50,000. And he left to go become the king. And when he came back to those servants, he, he told them, he said, go and multiply the money I gave you. And one of those servants multiplied it tenfold. The other servant multiplied it fivefold, and one just hid it away. And here's what he had to say to him. He said, uh, whew. He said, some of his country, blah, 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 blah. the first one came forward and said, Master, I took what you gave me and invested it and multiplied it ten times. And, and he responded, Splendid, you have done well, my excellent servant, because you have shown that I can trust you in this small matter. I now grant you authority to rule over ten cities. To the one that multiplied it five times, he grants him authority to rule over five cities. Y'all, that's literal. The king came. He went off to be coronated. He's going to come back. He's going to give an account. And he wants to put you in dominion over cities of the earth when he's here physically. He's, he's here in spirit right now, but he's going to be back physically. Probably a lot sooner than we're aware of. Okay, but here's the thing. To be entrusted with much, we must be faithful with little. That was my last, uh, 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 last little bit of that point. And I had a bunch of verses for it. But, you know, God is looking for you to steward your families well. He's looking for you to steward your jobs well, your businesses well, your relationships. And as we listen to his voice and as we respond in obedience, he'll mold us into his image. We'll handle well what he's given us stewardship of and he will grant more authority and influence and dominion to release his kingdom. And see, here's what's happening. Okay, here's what's happening. And this is my last point. We're supposed to be a picture and an image of what the age to come looks like. See, the darkness is maturing. Everything is not as it seems. The darkness Y'all, the stuff on the news, it's not even touching a fraction of, of, a fraction of the real darkness that's out there. It is disgust and grossing. It grows and it will only get worse. But, but you have to know who you are because see, here's what the word says. <laughs> the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons. For against its will, the universe itself had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. Romans 8, 9 through 21, the Passion Translation. Isaiah 60, 1 through 3. You, 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 you hit it yes, or, uh, earlier. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will come 
Uh, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness of people. But the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to your brightness. Listen, y'all. Things are getting worse and they're getting better. Because everything's being revealed for what it is. Dark, deep darkness that's on the land, it's being revealed. But you know what else is being revealed? Who we really are. In the deep darkness, it, it's here for a second. So in the darkest hour of the earth, God looked at that time frame and he looked at you, Joe, and he said, Joe, he's one who's going to be sold out. Ryan, he's going to be sold out. Michelle, you're going to be sold out. I'm going to plant them in this generation because I know that they'll be the people that glorify me in that hour. They're going to display the kingdom in the darkest hour of the earth and, and nations, whole nations, man, they're going to come to the glory of the Father within us. You guys, you guys have so much that's waiting to be tapped in you. There's so much that's waiting to be tapped in me. And if we'll just come together and we'll give our all to the Lord, we'll find out what it means to be kings in this age. And when the next age comes, when he is here physically, when he's slayed the enemies, he's going to look at each one of you and he's going to say, well done. Enter into the joy of your Lord. I'm going to put you, you were good. Joel, you stewarded well what I gave you. I'm going to put you over 10 cities. You're king with me, and you're going to rule forever and ever and ever. I've got one story to leave you with. I met, I met this guy when I first moved down here, what, almost a year and a half ago. I valeted for three months. Thank you for getting me that job, man. So, so Joel got it for me, right? Now, <clears throat> I met this guy, right, because I valeted for like seven years on and off. And this company was so evil, y'all. Oh, God, so evil. I'm not going to say their name. But they wanted to promote me to a manager. And I was like, no, I'm supposed to start a business. And so I just told them no. And I said, I've got two more weeks in me. So they said, okay, well, they found this other guy to be a manager. And so I trained him for two weeks, right? And this guy's like sharp. Like he's a tall, good-looking guy. And I'm like, dude, what's, what's this guy doing here? You know, like. Dude has a spirit of excellence on him. And I just asked him, I was like, man, I know this isn't your forever job. Like, what are you doing? And he said something that I, I didn't realize how profound it would, would mark me. But he said, um, I may get the country wrong, so bear with me. But he said, you know, actually I'm, actually I'm the king of Serbia. And one day I have to go home and I have to take the lands that are rightfully my family's. And I, I kind of laughed because I thought it was a joke. And then I was like, oh, he's real. He's like genuinely saying this. So what, what's happened is that his father and his father's father and his father's father, they all died before the age of 40 fighting for their country. And when he was a little boy in the 90s, in the early 90s, there was some kind of civil strife going. And his father sent him and his mother away to America. And his father stayed and he fought for his nation and he died. And now, all these years later, that political tension has subsided. And while there's not a king necessarily over the nation anymore, there is like kind of lip service to one, kind of like the king and queen of England. 
And so he still actually has lands that there are people who knew his father and his grandfather and they're waiting for him to come home and take his position. And guys, if that's not a picture of who we are, man, like it's just what I read to you. All of creation knows who you are. The devil knows who you are. The angels know who you are. The father knows who you are. And they are all yearning. that we were designed to do because you were made for eternal glory throughout the ages it says that we will be the one that God's mercy is displayed like all of creation will look at us and they'll say God is so merciful he should have destroyed them all and he made them king <laughs> so with that I'm done. But here's here's what I want to pray for us. (laughs) We're all in different stages of understanding that revelation. For some of us, it's like, okay, that's great to hear, but it's not a heart reality yet. But I can tell you it's a heart reality for me. I can tell you, I can look at Joel. I know it's a heart reality for him. It's just as real to me as the day I stand before the Lord and he puts a crown upon me. And I want that for each one of you so that Tampa can be a prototype city of what the kingdom is supposed to look like on the earth. So that when the nations are raging, when they're shaking, Tampa will shine with the brightness of the glory. Right? And there are other cities. But it will not happen unless we take our position as co-heirs. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place, Carolwood. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.